I love when you say hashtag because you don't know even how to do it. <laughs> I have no idea what it means or what it does, but I'm hashtag blessed. I know that. <laughs> that is the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah. So, do you right. put that on? Do you put that on uh, the Facebook or the Twitter? The hashtag. Moving on. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> I think you can put it wherever you can put it wherever you want. And the Instagrams. On the TikTok, on the Google, on the Google, mm-hmm. on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. I mean, you just don't want to like sharpie it on your iPhone, but <laughs> yeah. I would put it all over your resume. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anywhere on your yeah. hashtag blessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hashtag bull squad. Special blessed stamp for Christmas, <laughs> so we can just mm. special skills. Hashtag blessed. I'm gonna get that uh, <laughs> tattooed on my, uh, you know, the small of my back. Little tramp stamp. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. I would, I would, uh, I'd help pay for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's fair. Yeah, we're prepared to, <laughs> yep. we're prepared to foot the bill on that. We, we might need to make this happen. And I don't know that there's an upper limit on font size that I'll, I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just prepare to, uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the tracks. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Just prepare to. Uh, yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi weekly Pacers podcast. Today is December 12th, 2021. This is episode 554. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former season ticket holder. Uh, (laughs) This show, we're going to discuss the games against Washington, New York, and Dallas. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor. Jason Triplett. Hashtag full squad. <laughs> What's up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, good to have the crew all back together. Quick shout out to the Xavier Musketeers who trounced the Cincinnati Bearcats in the crosstown shootout last night. Yeah. 20 points. Just an utter domination. Uh, fun to watch. Sweet. Uh, from, is this right? From Moorhead City, North Carolina, he's a Red House bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, what is up, Undebeatables? I heard that this place existed, and so I just showed up, and I'm, I'm going to see if it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to shout out, uh... Uh, Pacer Nation, we'll get into it, but uh, maybe one of the least satisfying sweep weeks uh, I've ever been a part of. Mm. Spoiler alert, sorry. 
And from Boise, Idaho, out west, he is fresh off of the undebeatable suspension. That's uh, our enforcer, Sean Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shout out. Good to be back. Good to have everybody Good. together. Yeah. See you, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, well, I hope you learned your lesson. Um, nope. Can't remember what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before we start the show, I'd like to remind you that this show is brought to you by you. If you head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables, uh, you can support our show for as little as a dollar per month. Um, it also gives you access to our uh, Slack with some exclusive bonus content uh, in the... What's Colson? What's the uh, what's the channel? It's called uh, free paid content. Free paid content. <laughs> you get all the free paid content. <laughs> you uh, you can get your hands on now, next to uh, hashtag it, blessed. It, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Can I can I do a a, a brief uh, uh, wag of my finger, Joey? Yeah. Um, I'm so um, I am uh, hanging out with my friend Christina, uh, old uh, uh, euchre and uh, billiards friend with Harper as well. Um, and, uh, I was telling her about the podcast and I said, uh, you know, we have, you know, thousands of listeners and she says, how many reviews do you have? And I was like, I don't know, like 50 or 60. And she was like, how is that possible? And I said, I think everybody thinks somebody else is doing it. So if you listen to this show, if you love this show, if you hate this show, I mean, I'd prefer you to give us five stars, but go ahead and get on whatever platform <laughs> you're doing. Give us a review. We have far more listeners, uh, weekly than we have reviews. So go ahead and, uh, uh, just go ahead and pause the show right now. We'll wait for you. Go ahead and give us a little review and then come back. Are reviews important? <laughs> I, I, I want to give you a way out of that, though. If you don't think that's for you uh, and you still want to support us, uh, send us money. Head over to patreon.com <laughs> slash undebeatables and just give us money instead. Yeah. I like money way more than reviews. I've literally <laughs> never reviewed a podcast in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we had, I reviewed our podcast. Oh, that was good of you. Uh, we, Maybe we had a, I did that like week two. We had a we had a, a wonderful review that said that he had uh, signed up for Spotify and couldn't find it by looking under Pacers. He had to look up the Undebeatables, and the reason that is because not enough people have reviewed us. I think I think mm. that's the algorithm. We need we need more people reviewing us. So go ahead again. Just go ahead and pause, and we'll be back when you come back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so a big week of uh, thanks for thanks for uh, explaining what the algorithm was. To yeah. us. I appreciate that. I don't know. I just I, shout out to Christina for pointing out the fact that we've been doing this for years, eight, nine years, and have thousands of listeners and only have fifty reviews or whatever. A lot going on in the Pacers world. Uh, so yeah, it, it was spoiled earlier, but there was a, a sweep uh, for in sweep in the, uh, sweep. Um, um other stuff going on too so uh, the two news items i guess we need to at least mention before we get into the games are uh, carlisle is in the health and safety uh protocol and it's the uh not non-covid one and (laughs) and if you believe the papers everybody has been traded or is going to be traded Uh, and so uh, there's a lot going on. So there's like the Pacers are in the news a bunch this week, for, you know, for, for both of those reasons. And then they went ahead and won all their games. So um, 
I guess let's talk about those games first, and we'll talk about the rest of this stuff. So uh, Monday, December 6th, Pacers take on the Wizards and win 116-110. to 110. Um, Solid contributions, of course, from Demonis Sabonis, 30-10, and 10, and uh, 19 from Levert, 17 from Brogdon, and uh, 13 from Duarte. Um on the uh, the Wizards' side, uh, Bradley Beal was their top dog, 34 points. And um, just a nice a, a nice win by the Pacers, not not folding uh, down the down the stretch. So uh, shout out to them for, for not uh, collapsing. Uh, Wednesday, December 20, I'm sorry, December 8th, 2021. Uh, Pacers take on the Knickerbockers at home, and they win this one. This is a bigger style in uh, 122 to 102 uh, this game was really never in doubt um, all five starters in double figures for the Pacers three of them with 20 plus Sabonis 21 Duarte high score 23 uh, Miles Turner chipping in 22 of his own uh, look good this game looked uh, uh, it's nice to beat the Knicks too and last game of the week uh and this is the first one that Carlisle missed is against his old team, the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, we win this one, 106-93. Uh, special shout-out to the Pacers to holding Dallas to 13 points in quarter four, uh, sealing the victory. You know, that game was 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 really close most of the night and um, kind of in the fourth quarters when that was when it was decided. Um in a good way for the Pacers. So, you know, from watching this team earlier, you know, from basically from being a Pacer fan this season, I thought it was going to go the other way. Uh, but they put the clamps, you know, put the clamps on, scored some points, and um, and took care of business. And, you know, got a, got a win for the coach uh, who was not able to be there. Um, Sabonis dropping 24-10, and 10, seven assists, almost getting that triple-double. Miles Turner, 17-10. and 10. Um O'Shea Brissett with a uh, uh, highlight dunk, um, and on the uh, on the Mavs side, you, you got uh, Doncic putting up twenty seven, and Porzingis with twenty two. Um, so it's a sweep week for the Pacers. We should be in a good mood, right, guys? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I thought they looked better this week there's just so much other stuff going on like you know they they there's just a lot of stuff going on you know there's the questions about carlisle and then they just you know and then i guess i didn't even mention that you know miles turner had a had a feature about uh you know he's not happy he wants a he he wants a bigger role which you know he doesn't have so um anyway colson you you know you uh I think you got your pulse, your your finger on the pulse of all this stuff. Um, where do you want to start? Well, I mean, we did sweep this week, uh, but we beat three five hundred ish teams at our house. Like it's not a massive victory. Um, coming off the week prior, when we were losing to five hundred ish teams or below at our house, it was this felt good, but it's not a massive victory. Um, especially with everything going on with the team. So, yes, as you mentioned, the, 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 um, it was leaked that uh, Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, and Demonis Sabotis are on the trading block. Um, we're willing to 
move veterans for anything because we've got to switch some stuff up. Um, and I thought this team responded to that. I mean, I think, I don't know, if, if Pritchard or Carlisle had the, hey, everybody's on the trading block, start playing better speech in the locker room. But we've played well this week. Um, there was an interesting uh, post game with uh, Carlisle, and, and he said, you know, really this has become a first quarter league, not a fourth quarter league. Uh, a league. And, and what you've got to do is you've got to enforce your will in the opening of the game, and then you can just ride it out. Um, and if we, if we, we've not been able to figure out how to do that all season. And so what, what we're trying to do is put our stamp on the game in the first quarter and, uh, give ourselves a little breathing room in the fourth quarter. I think he's acknowledging the fact that we're bad in the fourth. Um, but, um, he said, you know, this week we were able to do that, uh, at least in those first two games. Uh, we got up to large leads, uh, in the first quarter against, uh, the Knicks and, uh, uh, who we played besides the Mavericks, um, the Wizards. Wizards, yeah, and you know I don't know. I think it's always it's always a fourth quarter league. <laughs> it will always be that, but I think he's uh, you know he's making some sort of statement about um, how you come a out total lack of identity. Yeah, and how you how you make a statement uh, in, in a game, and and that's that's uh, you know, and so if he's trying to communicate that, that could help us, and it, it helped us this week at least. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know, to paraphrase uh, one Jonathan Colson, I'm not sure that Rick Carlisle knows how basketball works. <laughs> on that quote. Uh, the reason that this team is losing basketball games is because they cannot play in the fourth quarter. Uh, this, it, it, which made the the Dallas win all that more impressive to me, uh, a team that's in tumult and uh, without their head coach goes into the final five minutes or six minutes of a, a game against Dallas where it's essentially tied and then just roast Dallas. I didn't actually watch that game, but, like, they were, I mean, to outscore a team by whatever it was, 10 or whatever down the stretch, is something that is, we have not seen this team do all year, and that's right why we're losing games. <clears throat> I mean, I guess you could you could argue that that imposing your will – on both sides of the ball is is uh, worthwhile, but this team has definitely done its its fair share of good work in first quarters and first halves. I mean, we score a lot of points. Yeah, we're just terrible sure. in the fourth quarter. <laughs> as, as, and, as the numbers in this show. league, you know, you can introduce the the three point shot and overuse it and play small ball and all these gimmicks. The NBA is always going to be a game, a, a a sport that has won in the last five minutes. Like that's just that's the way the game works. Especially now, like teams lose, the Pacers have lost ten more than uh, they've had a ten point lead in multiple games and lost it, and come back from ten. Like that's just how right. the NBA works these days. So I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not. I wasn't overly impressed. I mean, like the, you know, I watched the Wizards game in full, and we looked good. It was more that the Wizards didn't look stellar than the Pacers looked stellar um like we came out of the gate very cold in that game uh but Washington was also cold and couldn't score uh I thought defensively we were definitely sharper right um I will give the guys that uh for sure um but you know Washington was playing on the second night of a back-to-back New York was playing on the second night of a back-to-back and Dallas is like you said sort of up and down so um yeah i don't know but to your point about you know these guys being on the trading block uh 
you know, that's one thing. What was more interesting to me is that uh, this article hinted or uh, more than implied that basically ownership was okay or governorship was okay with um, a complete rebuild, Mm -hmm. which is something that the Pacers franchise just has not done and refuses to do. Um, And so that to me is really interesting. So it's not that we're trading, looking to trade Sabonis Turner and Levert for uh, talent that we're, will be on the floor this year. uh, But more so that we're looking to get assets, draft picks basically. And and do a full reboot, which is intriguing to me, and I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. As a well, I, I mean, in the big picture, it's certainly hard to get excited about a team that needed a three game win streak to get to 12 and 16, 28 games into the season. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent that we're talking about trading this guys, I mean, I, I guess I I can't help but wonder about how committed anyone really is to that. Kevin Pritchard also this week told the Atlantic that. We were a team in search of a real star. Um, he said that we had it with Paul George. He had the it factor, and so did Victor Oladipo. So we're trying to get that. But when you got you know a, a 23-year-old two-time All-Star who's a triple-double threat every night in Sabonis, I, I, I don't know. If, if you're really thinking about trading him, why are you also denigrating his game? Shouldn't you be talking up his mm-hmm. game before mm-hmm. trade time? So mm. I don't know whether that's just bad execution or whether he's trying to get something out of this locker room. Um, it's strange at best. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's, uh, you know, sort of the idea is all of our veteran players that are on reasonable contracts uh, are, which we, we, we don't have outrageous contracts. All of our guys are on reasonable contracts. They're all very tradable. These guys are all on the block, but we're not going to trade all three of them, right? We're going to trade both of our big guys. Uh, at the most, we'll trade two, you know, Karis LeVert and one of the big guys, right? We're not going to trade all three of them. So it's not going to be a complete implosion. But I mean, if we're rebuilding, we can do whatever we want. Well, uh, we for, for sure. But I don't think we, year. but I don't think we are though. I think this is, I think this is part of a, a, a you know, part of a light the fire under the asses, uh, you know, uh, approach. Um, hey, look! Everybody's on the on the block, so start playing better, get better. If you want to be here, be here. If you don't want to be here, we'll move you out. And I thought it was interesting that Miles Turner, uh, you know, his camp leaked that uh, from that, which was, hey, look, I'm not happy. I want a bigger role. Like I've been an elite role player for this team, but I want to be more. So I'm either going to do that here, or I'm going to do that somewhere else. And so I don't know if that means we're going to move pieces around him to give him a bigger role, or we're going to move him to a place where he thinks he can have a bigger role. But I mean, he's the one that came out in response to that, uh, which was, Hey, basically everybody's on the table. Uh, I mean, so. I got to think that's terrible strategy from his camp. He's had a shot with this team to carve out a bigger role has failed to do so. And when it comes time for him to get traded, because he's not saying the right thing to the media, um, you know, he's not going to have a choice where he ends up. So Oh no, I that's, agree. I agree that he won't have a choice. Well played from his camp. No, I agree. He gets no choice where he ends up, and that's the problem with that statement, right? Well, and and also, it's not you know, it's not actually if, if the point is to you know, a lot of fire into these guys. What you would want a player to say is, you know, there's a lot more that I can do. You know, I know that I can help this team win rather than I need more stuff, right? right. And maybe it's even trying to say the same thing and just 
you know, verbalized very poorly. poorly. Right. Um, but yeah, not super yeah. impressive. I mean, I love Miles Turner, but if he wanted more opportunity, go grab more rebounds. He <laughs> will be on the floor a lot more. Yeah, always anger. rebounds out there, aren't there? Get lots of offensive rebounds and putbacks, and yeah. all of a sudden you're a 20 point scorer. Like, sure. You can get eight more points a game if you just rebound harder. Yeah. I mean, who do, eight's a lot, but still, okay. well, you know, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, he would get more minutes. He would be, have more trust of the coaching uh, staffs, the multiples that he's been through, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that anything is on the table at this point. I mean, there was an interesting sort of back and forth article in, in The Athletic where uh, I forget the names of all the guys, but they were going back and forth of what the Pacers should do. And I mean, it seems like they're in a position where they can listen to all the offers, but only, you know, they we don't have to do anything at this point. Um, the logic behind that didn't make a ton of sense to me. They were like, well, they still have all these dudes under contract next year, so they can trade them next year or whatever. But in my mind, if you're going to rebuild, like, why wait a year? Sooner like, would be better. Make any sense. Right. Especially yeah. when you're already this low below 500, right? Yeah. Closer yeah. to uh, the worst record in the league, the better your draft pick's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also made a big deal about, um, you know, the the waning attendance and the fact mm-hmm. that the Pacers are last in the league in attendance. And, like, part of that is that there's no excitement around this team. Like, none of the dudes are, like, super – you know, you can't put them on the front of a brochure and say, come see this guy dazzle you every night. They're all very solid players. I mean, Sabonis is, I think, by far our best player, but um, he's not a dude that uh, is a prototypical guy that you go to see. He doesn't play above play. the rim. Right. He doesn't play above the rim. He doesn't handle the ball and create his own shot a ton necessarily. So. Um. Yeah, I just, you you might generate more. I don't know if you generate more attendance, but you definitely generate more excitement if there's like, oh, okay, we're gonna get all these draft picks and you know get exciting Young players rookies, to watch, yeah. or like some sort of way in which the team can gel and play an exciting style of basketball or whatever. Sure. I mean, definitely dangerous with waiting attendance to blow it up and tank your season and go for draft picks, though, right? If you've got a fan base who's headed for the doors, that's not going to... I mean, I would argue that doesn't slow them down this season. It might do more to get them back next season and the season after. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's definitely a give and take to be to be considered. For sure. Um, I, you know, this this whole um, uh, Sabonis conversation is, is really interesting to me because, you know, we talked about it last week um, about... Who's the more important player, Sabonis or Miles Turner? Um, but he is our best player, right? At least offensively. And and um, you're right; it's hard to. He's not really become the face of the franchise, and um, we can't really figure out how to make Malcolm Brogdon the face of the franchise either. Um, so, and we can't trade Malcolm Brogdon. So, the guys that are on the on the block. You know, uh, our Sabonis, uh, Miles Turner, and, and Karis LeVert, and that and that makes sense. I I love these guys, and I don't want to get anybody traded, but it makes sense that at least it's part of the conversation. Don't worry, you won't get anybody traded. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I mean, we talked about this on the podcast last week. I guess that there's the thing that's missing is sort of the 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 it factor, right? Which which Pritchard alluded to. I don't know if it necessarily is like we need to get a guy like Paul George or like it's really interesting that he pointed to these guys that basically spurned us as a franchise, <laughs> right, right, as like right. a model that he wants to go get. <laughs> I kind of get what he's saying. Like we need somebody that's like you know um makes the 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 sum uh greater than the the total of the parts i'm not saying that correctly but um uh there's nobody on this team that is that is making the collection of talent go to another place and this is i don't know if i made this point when we were talking last week but i thought of it later and wished i had made it a better a bigger point but the thing that frustrates so Malcolm Brogdon right is basically the piece that we have to build around going forward since we signed him to this extension and the thing that I don't know that I believe from him is does he make the guys around him better Mm. and I don't even mean Mm. like in a simple basketball sense like does he create shots for guys like is he making guys better Mm. like there's all this talk of him as like a great leader and and all that stuff but we're not seeing it on the floor though i don't know that i mean and i don't i don't know like behind the scenes maybe they are but it's not like i'm i'm seeing you know a, a chris paul-esque like sort of mentorship of of young talent of like you know turning deandre ayton from from a, a stiff to a right all max player do you, do you remember, whatever, do you remember right? the story where um when uh victor oladipo's first year uh, Miles Turner was having a really rough beginning of the season. He like went over to his house at like one a.m. Like, are we hearing any stories like that about Malcolm Brogdon? Like, is he is he doing that stuff? I mean, there was a story about how they were getting together to play ball in like L.A. or something like that, and he was like spearheading that and making sure everybody was going out to dinner and stuff like that. Okay, all right. I mean, that's, so that's, that's along enough. those lines. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you yeah. don't have to keep for, you have to keep him for this season. You don't have to keep him forever. I mean, it, he we re, we resigned to a reasonable contract. Again, we don't have unmovable contracts on this team. Everybody's available to be moved, um, and and that's it's true for Brogdon as well. So it it won't happen this season. But if he's not the the right leader, then you know that can change. I, it's not like he's to... getting paid forty five million dollars a year, like uh, you know uh, Russell Westbrook or. Uh, you know, John Wall or something. Uh, it still feels like a tough position to be in for the remainder of this season, especially if, you know, ultimately you do want your leader to be coaching guys up off the court. But what you really need is to make sure that he's lighting a fire under guys and making sure that the effort shows up on the court and mm-hmm. up and down the mm-hmm. roster. We just don't have the fire guy. Uh, one thing that we have not really talked about uh, is Carlisle. Um mm. He is out with. Uh, he did. He did uh, test positive for for COVID nineteen, and he's going through the protocol. I've not heard anything, you know, that uh, his health has been, you know, severely compromised or anything like that. But, you know, regardless, even for a, a mild case, he's going to be out for uh, some time. Um, uh, Jason, do you think this is uh, uh, does this make a difference for the team at all, or does this? Uh, you know, they, I mean, they beat Dallas without him. Um, 
you know, the the uh, the rest of the staff is seems strong. I've, I've been happy with them. Yeah, I mean, Lloyd Pierce has you know head coaching experience. He's been a head coach, so, yeah. Um, I think we're okay there. Obviously, I mean, Car- you know, we have sung Carlisle's praises a lot this year and his ability to manage games and and prepare his guys uh, from game to game. I mean, the nice thing about um, the day – why can't I talk today? The age that we live in is that, um, you know, he is still in constant communication with both his staff and his players, right? Like, they do, they do Zoom meetings and, like, you know, he's still – he's like you said, it's a mild case, so it's not like he's um, in hospital or anything like that. Like, so he's still communicating with the team and game planning, I'm sure, and all of that good stuff. Um, so I don't think it's a major, um, issue. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, I guess my biggest worry when the news came out was that, you know, Carlisle's the guy that's in close contact with every other member of the oh, for sure. team, right? Like, um, so hopefully it, we didn't get like a rash of cases like Chicago just went through or whatever. So, and it seems like so far Obviously, nobody else has tested positive, although I guess Justin Holiday was out. I don't know if he tested positive or just had a close contact or whatever. But Yeah, that can ravage a team for sure really quickly. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know how, like, somebody like that, and I guess I don't understand enough about the details of the, of the, uh, the rules of the, of the protocol, but, you know, he's the coach of the team. He was, he was pretty close to everybody. you think, like, you know, they have practice or a uh, game basically every day. So Yeah, well, hopefully everybody was, uh, you know, had the vaccine and, and uh, you know, um, had a little uh, way to deal with that, at least. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they test, like, they do what the rest of the country should be able to do, is test early and often. Right. Mm. And uh, so they can nip these things in the bud, you know, before it keeps things from being outbreaks. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think he needs to be, um, symptom free and have two consecutive negative tests or something like that. After he, I think he has to be out for 10 or 10 days, I think, because he's vaccinated. Uh, and then has to be symptom free and have negative tests and stuff like that before he can come back. So, um, I, the thing that, uh, struck me was the timing of this, which how awful it was based on all of the, you know, um, the media going on around by our entire team being traded. Now you've got the head coach who ideally should keep everybody on the same page, not with the team while, you know, it, it really, right. it, this week felt like the team was falling apart. You know, uh, management's coming out and saying everybody's on the trading block and they're like, Oh yeah, we don't have a coach to talk them down. Um, so, so you, You've gone down like the conspiracy rabbit hole, right? Which one is that? Like that that this was all, this is all a hoax. And oh, I see. So he doesn't actually have COVID, or or no one's know, actually being yeah. traded. What's going? What's the, what? How how deep should the conspiracy go? All the way, all the way down. <laughs> Isn't this team used to dealing with adversity without a coach being involved? <laughs> Right. Shout out Bjorkren. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I think the timing was like, I mean, obviously none of this is perfect, but like the news, the Kravitz and Sharania article dropped before uh, Carlisle got a positive test. So they were at practice, I think, when the when the article came out and they were like actively pulling Pritchard and Carlisle were actively pulling people like out of practice to talk to them and say, Hey, look, this story's out here. Here's what's going on. And from what Pritchard is saying, they were trying to be as transparent as possible and saying like, look, you know, this is business or maybe it's what you were saying, Colson, that it's like, look, yes, (laughs) get your shit together or, you know, or we will trade you. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's still a chance to turn the season around if you guys want to figure it out. Um, But everybody's on the block. Is anybody mad at uh, Miles Turner? No, I'm not mad. I mean, I would like for him to be better, both in terms of off the court in this case and, you know, on the court. But, I mean, I'm not mad at him. I just think there's lots of room for improvement. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, he's been – for me, he's you know he's been the guy for basically his entire well his entire career because he's been with the Pacers all the time, that you know that we're always just looking to, you know, like I you know I was hoping he was going to be, you know All Star level, you know, and he's been uh, kind of borderline for some of the years, but like, <laughs> is, that a, no. is that a ringing endorsement? So well yeah <laughs> so we after his first two years his numbers compared. Uh, almost exactly to Chris Bosch and Kevin Garnett. And so in my head, this guy was going to be a perennial all-star and I talked him up that way. Thing is he has become elite defensively. He is the leading shot blocker in the league almost every year. Um, And what he's saying is no one's involving enough offensively to be that all-star. But I agree with you, Jason, that part of that is if you get some more rebounds, maybe it'd be a little bit easier to get some extra points. Uh, And, you know, and last week we talked uh, some crap uh, to uh, Carlisle about the reason that uh, DeMontis Sotis might need to be traded over Miles Turner is that um, we're not using Sabonis correctly. And then this week he played a lot of low post and, and scored well. Um, he was given more touches. He was allowed to be more part of the offense. Um, but we also involved uh, Miles Turner as well. So, you know, Part of our conversation last week was maybe these are our two best players. We just have to figure out how to use them better. So maybe this conversation is, you know, from the from the top, from the office or, or the leak or whatever it is, is not just about the players, but also about the coaching staff. Like, let's figure out how to use our two best players the right way. Um, and maybe we'll all get on the same page or, hey, look, everybody can be moved. Yeah. I mean, the things that I, I skimmed that article, so I don't want to. Uh, speak out of turn but like the things that turner said were factually correct yeah. oh he's, he's, like, he, he's like i've been here for seven years and they keep telling me to do different things right and i am a willing participant in this and i've always done and what they asked me to do right he, exactly and like you know he's he's kind of a victim of his circumstance like he was developing normally and getting you know more touches and then we trade for sabonis who turns out to be this like you know, offensive savant. And so, of course, and a Victor Oladipo like, who needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're going to run things through these guys. Right. <laughs> like, um, you know, you're very talented, Miles, but we need you to um, pick and pop and hit a couple threes and 
he's not, not wrong. really be otherwise involved. Because, you know, we we noted, like, uh, the few games that Sabonis misses, like, Turner steps into the Sabonis role and does a perfectly fine job. So. He's a 25 and 12 guy when Sabonis is in the room. Right. So, well, I don't know about the 12. He's <laughs> a 24 and 8. How about that? <laughs> He's either 24 and 8 or 8 and 4. <laughs> like he, I mean, the problem is he, he just doesn't have a very complete offensive game. Like He's a more comfortable jump shooter, but he can't create his own shot. He doesn't play well in the low post. Like, you know, Outside of improving the rebounding and lots of second chance points, he can certainly more, be more aggressive going to the rack. Right. Um, but you know, he, he's not going to be the hub of anyone's offense in this league. No, um, but the thing is, is Sabonis, Levert, uh, Duarte and Brogdon will are will give you the ball if you're cutting to the basket. <laughs> he's surrounded by guys that are looking for cutters. So if he's more aggressive doing that, he's going to get six more points a game. You know, it's just about his effort in cutting. Yeah, on some I mean, level. again, you don't probably want to wag the finger at your teammates for not getting involved, right? Yeah, because right. the thing is, is they will. They're all very willing passers. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good time to uh, to uh, put a bow on this this discussion. We'll be back with you on Thursday, Jason. Uh, do you have the uh, the upcoming schedule for this week? I do, I do. And uh, you know, this year has been. I was talking to Harper uh, beforehand. This is uh, a a week to week Turner Corning, Tur- corner <laughs> turning, Turner Corning. Turner Corner? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Turner Corner is uh, a good company. <laughs> it's also probably what Miles should be working on. So last week was great, and so this week, who knows? Uh, the competition is definitely going to be stiff. So Monday, December 13th, the Pacers close their uh, extensive homestand against the Golden State Warriors. That game is on NBA TV. Mm. We go back on the road to Milwaukee mm. on Wednesday, and then a back-to-back at home uh, versus Detroit, who we owe Detroit. Mm. One of their four wins on the season has come against the Pacers. And Ugh. Well, you're going to say it like them. that. And then the boys have uh, four days off. Yeah. So. Sweet. Plenty of time to read all of the articles about <laughs> trade rooms. Should be good. Should be good. Uh, so what do you what do you call him? That looks like a one and two week. One and two week. Detroit's on the second night of a back to back, but it is at home. Damn, Detroit's playing Detroit. frisky right now. They're being frisky. They're being frisky? They've won yeah, four games. I know, but I feel like the games have been close. How are we That's... defining frisky? I don't know. Everybody likes Cade Cunningham, right? I mean, they haven't won. Everybody. They haven't won a game since November seventeenth. That means we're probably going to lose this one. I think that's what I mean by frisky. <laughs> Was that game against us? Yes, probably. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yay! All right, so we're going one and two, which would put us at thirteen and eighteen going into this uh, next week. Me. <laughs> Colson, you got. Oh, you know what? I'm just good at math, Joey. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
We'll be fine. I, you know what? I think, I think, <laughs> we'll, be I think we fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Everything's what? on fire, Joey. I... We're trading away our entire team. Our coach no, can't I'm... even be around anymore. Everything's going to be fine. What I got two things. That, talking here's, about? here's my predictions for the week. The one is that the, the, the Pacers, they got a fire lit under them, and they're going to win all the games, so they sweep the week. Okay. And they're going to debut, which we had talked about years ago, is the iPad on a stick, and Carlisle's going to be able to... <laughs> he's going to be able to, sure. uh, you know, coach the court side. Okay. Like, uh, you know, we talked about it doing it uh, uh, because of... Who was it? Phil Jackson. It was a Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, because he was old and didn't want to travel. Didn't want to go on the road games, yeah. But he yeah, did but want he... a bunch of money to coach. He did. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think uh, it's a perfect... It's a perfect uh, solution to to the modern problems we have so you're saying that miles turner's bonus are now going to be the focus they're both going to uh, just excel uh, under this pressure mm-hmm. karis lavert's going to excel under the pressure um and we're going to have a, a, a coach on a stick mm-hmm. and we're going to sweep this week yes okay joe uh, i like it we're going to hold listen, you to this prediction the last game i watched they held uh dallas to 13 points in the fourth quarter and that is true you know, that's the only data point that matters to me right now. <laughs> what happened in the last quarter? Dallas is not oh, yeah. very Of a quarter, good, which Joey. apparently doesn't really matter, according to our coach. <laughs> right, according to our right. coach. It's more first quarter league. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll be back with you on Thursday, then. Uh, until then, you can hit us up on social media. You can find us at our, our Twitter name is at Undebeatables, or you can just use hashtag blessed and <laughs> facebook.com slash the Undebeatables. Again, there, we are also hashtag blessed. Um, uh, website is the Undebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message and of course, uh, old-fashioned email. Shout out at theunbeatables.com and uh, and uh, store uh, website slash store. You can get your Smedium t-shirts. Old-fashioned email. Do we have an AOL account? Uh, no, it's it's a dial-up. Uh, yeah, it's a dial-up. That's what we have, Colson. It's a, a bunch of algorithms in the background. Don't worry about it. I don't understand how the internet works. So, mm-hmm. uh, for the architect, Donnie Walsh, uh, who is definitely working behind the scenes right now, overtime, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Suclinder. Turn out the lights. The party is over. Did you learn that singing style in Moorhead? <laughs> I could use some. <laughs> oh, cut cut me so, off. You could use some some I mean, styles. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I got yeah. bad news. You got a whole other show you got to do, buddy. So, <laughs> yeah. wait, mm-hmm. this isn't our last show. Get your get your stuff in one pile, my man. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're on the trading block, so step up your game. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are willing passers. I'm just I'm just screwing it up. You know, we're looking for a real podcaster who's got that it thing, like Jason right. and Chip, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you don't step up your game, you're not going to be in Moorhead. 
<laughs> Send you off to Leshead. See how you like that. <laughs> it's uh, Is it like Moosehead? Yeah, but less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many things I didn't say that episode. <laughs> I'm proud Kudos of you, you. Don't, Joey. Don't, don't leave it on the court, Question Joey. mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you just put it out there? Oh. Like, like right. Coles and fix it in post, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I never do. That's the problem. Yeah, right? it's that high degree of confidence. If you're going to embarrass yourself, I will leave it in. <laughs> Not going to happen. You know? 